Welcome everyone, this is Russ Castle, Chronicles of the End Times. So glad to have you with us today as we go forward with our study in Bible prophecy. So we're going to move on now. We've talked about the counterfeit church. We talked about the rise of the Babylonian religion and how that's all united into one. And we went over last week how the Antichrist and the kings that follow him destroys the woman, destroys the false church, the Babylonian religion. And we know that because only Satan can be worshipped here. That's all he wants. He doesn't want a religion of any kind, false or otherwise, that takes away the attention from himself. So we're going to be talking about the coming of Jesus Christ and the battle of Armageddon and the restoration of Israel and the salvation of Israel and the rejoicing of the saints of God who have been martyred and all so many incredible, wonderful things along with a study of the actual battle that's going to take place and who's going to be involved. You know, as we look into Bible prophecy, many people shy away from learning these things or looking into these things because they feel that it's too much for them to understand or they feel like they don't need to really know it. Though we get saved, we give our lives to Christ, then we just move on. But Paul encourages us in Hebrews to go beyond that, to get into the Word of God and understand even the deeper things of God. We know in this world that knowledge is power, right? Whether you have a job or whatever you're doing in life, the more knowledge you have about it, the better off you are. Paul is telling us in chapter 6 of Hebrews that we should go beyond the elementary teachings of Christ. There are things that we need to hold on to and we need to have just secured in our hearts for sure. But there's other things that God wants us to know. Why? So no one can pull us away. So many have been pulled away by cults. It makes my head spin. I said, gee, that person seemed like they were fairly solid, but yet they get pulled away because they never looked into the truths of the word and never heard that taught. So they quickly get pulled away into error. So let's look at Hebrews chapter 6 before we get into Revelation chapter 19. And we're going right from the first verse. Paul is telling us something here that's important. Therefore, let us leave the elementary teachings about Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again the foundation of repentance from acts that lead to death and of faith in God, instruction about baptism and laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead and eternal judgment. And God permitting, we will do so. That was Paul's heart's desire. He loved to see people get saved. He loved to see people get filled with the Holy Spirit, understand salvation and God's love for them. But he also wanted them to move on. Let's get stronger in the Lord. Let's look into the great things that God has for us. So let's dive in and see what the Lord has for us today. Could we be on the verge of Armageddon today? Term Armageddon comes from two Hebrew words, Har and Megiddo the Mount of Megiddo, or Hill of Megiddo. Megiddo means place of troops or place of slaughter. It's also called the Valley of Jezreel. Megiddo is about 60 miles north of Jerusalem on the southwest edge of the Valley of Jezreel. Historically, there are many battles have taken place there. It's 14 miles wide and 20 miles long. The Valley of Megiddo has seen Barak defeat the armies of Canaan, Gideon turn away the Midianites, and King Saul lose his life. Titus and the Roman army used the valley as a corridor, as did the Crusaders. When Napoleon stood on the Mount of Megiddo and looked over the plain, he's quoted as saying, all the armies of the world could fight on this field. 
He probably didn't realize what he was saying, but it is going to happen. At this point, that counterfeit church, that Babylonian religion, has been destroyed by the Antichrist and the ten kings that followed him. As we look back through history, you can see many times when corrupt leaders have used religion to build up their popularity and to bring them to the place of control. And once they were there, they no longer needed that religion. They no longer needed those religious, quote, leaders. So they did away with them. And all those who were following that religion would now follow that corrupt leader. And in this case, it's the Antichrist. And we know that Satan wants to be worshipped. That's his desire. So there's no room for any other kind of religion or any kind of allegiance to anyone else. And so this is where we pick up Revelation 19. After this, I heard what sounded like a roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God, for true and just are his judgments. He has condemned the great prostitute who corrupted the earth by her adulteries. He has avenged on her the blood of his servants. And again they shouted, Hallelujah! The smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The twenty-four elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshipped God, who was seated on the throne. And they cried, Amen! Hallelujah! Then a voice came from the throne, saying, Praise God, all you his servants who fear him, both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah, for the Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has made herself ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given to her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteousness of the saints. Then the angel said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb. And he added, These are the true words of God. At this I fell down at his feet to worship him, but he said to me, Do not do it. I am a fellow servant with you and with your brothers who hold to the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. We need to get in God's head here for a minute. I know that sounds a little bit crazy, but think about what the Lord has seen. Think about what the Almighty, our Heavenly Father, has looked down and seen, not only through this time, but all through the world. Every horrible thing that is done to another human being, God sees. He not only sees it, but he anticipates it. He knows it's going to happen by reading the minds and the hearts of men and women. Now that's all amplified through these last seven years of this rise of the Antichrist and how people have rebelled against his word and have decided to worship themselves and worship demons and given themselves over to all types of sin, all types of pleasures. And they're like a kid in a candy store with no parents. Just like, go ahead, grab all of it you want. And now it's time for God to come and take the earth back. And we look way back in Revelation chapter 5 talks about the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, coming before the throne of the Father, the only one who is worthy to take the scroll. And he takes the scroll, which is the title deed to the earth, and he breaks the seals, which starts all this. But now he's coming to claim the earth back. 
For the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the scripture tells us. Paul tells us that all creation moans and groans to be freed by the sons of God. So here we are at this point in time, after all this destruction, all this hate, the starvation from the wars and all the cruelty that's been imposed upon those who decided not to take the mark and to follow Christ, all those who have been destroyed and killed, families, massacred, horrible things that we don't like to think about. But God sees them all. He sees them every single day. And here, during the tribulation, everything was amplified. And so now it's time for the kingdom. Like the Lord's Prayer, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. May thy kingdom come, and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is what's taking place right now. So heaven is rejoicing. They're getting ready for this great battle. And they're looking down upon the earth. And we have to remember at this present time, all these armies have gathered in this place called Megiddo, in the plains of Armageddon. The Antichrist has gathered his Western forces, which unfortunately will be part of the United States, and Europe are coming against the kings of the East, which is China and North Korea, troops numbering 200 million. What other nation could put together such a vast army? And here they are, all coming together. Lots of times when we think of the tribulation, we think of it only as the judgment, as God pouring wrath out on the earth. And obviously, that's a big part of it. But there are many, many different parts that we're going to talk about in this series. And one is redeeming Israel, the remnant of Israel. Paul tells us in Romans chapter 11, he says, I do not want you to be ignorant of this mystery, brethren, so that you may not be conceited. Israel has experienced hardening in part until the full number of Gentiles has come in. And so all Israel will be saved, as it is written. The deliverer will come from Zion. He will turn godlessness away from Jacob. And this is my covenant with them when I take away their sins. We're going to go into that in great depth next week. So tune in for that. But as these armies begin to move in against each other, the Antichrist leading the Western nations against the kings of the East. So we're talking about millions, hundreds of millions of people involved in this war. And just think of the hardware that's involved and the missiles and the bombs, the tools of destruction that are in the hands of these armies. We know what we have now, what exists now. How much more will exist then? How our technologies continue to grow. We have to remember Jesus is coming back to save the earth that he created. This is his world and he's coming back to save it because if he doesn't come at this moment, there'll be nothing left. And who would love to see that happen but the devil himself? Remember, he's a roaring lion seeking who he may destroy. He's a destroyer. He's a liar. He's a thief. He's a murderer. That's who he is. Everything God does is multifaceted. There's never just one thing God's doing. Whether it's in your life or my life, he's moving all the pieces on a chessboard not just one. His mind is so vast. His plan is so marvelous that we can't comprehend it. But we know it's driven by love. It's driven by holiness. It's driven by righteousness and is driven by mercy. And we have to understand that the tribulation is set up 
so there will be an end. There has to be an end. Everything has an end. You and I have an end. If you and I were just to go on living forever and ever in our present state, if that's the way it was in the world, that everyone's just going to live on, no one was going to die, just think of the amount of corruption there would be. I mean, I make mistakes every day, and I try to, you know, do my best to seek the Lord and have God strengthen me so I can be better each day. But everything has to have an end. And so this world would continue to sin and continue to become worse and worse to the point where it would just annihilate itself. So God had to put an end on it. God gave those in the time of Noah 120 years to make up their mind, and he had to put an end to that. So this is no different. Just the time period is longer. God's grace is so amazing. You have to imagine this, put this in your mind, all heavens rejoicing. Jesus comes before the Father. He takes the scroll. He gets on his white horse. All the armies of heaven are behind him. Heaven is ecstatic. Hundreds of thousands, millions upon millions of voices worshiping God and giving praise to the Lamb. What an incredible scene. Let's pick it up in the scripture. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire. On his head were many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. And that's where we're going to end today. There's so much to talk about here. The Old Testament prophecies that give us a lot more insight into what this battle is going to be like. We're going to look through the Old Testament and compare some of these Old Testament prophecies as to exactly what's going to happen. But know this, God has a plan in everything he does. And these type of studies should give us so much appreciation for the cross and for the period of grace that we're all living in. And knowing that the period of grace will come to an end at some point. So let's appreciate the grace of God and the love of God and the mercy of God that he has shown us. And he continues to show us. And let's redeem the time. Let's not waste it. So we use it well for his honor and for his glory. This is Russ Gossel for Chronicles of the End Times. Stay tuned. There's so much in this I want you to grasp. So much about Israel being redeemed. All the things are going to take place. It's not just the battle, bang, bang, and it's over. It's important that we know that the promises of God are sure and they are set in stone. God bless. Keep looking up for the King is coming. <laughs>